Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> someone, someone yelled no. I was born ready. <laughs> Just like, you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Last night I went to a fundraiser for Standing Rock. And there was more than 100 people there. The spirit of talking about protecting our water was strong. And so I want to play this song right here. Just a little bit. This is your community spirit. I'm Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. You didn't do your wake up. Okay. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here to talk about the horrible things that are happening in the world with just enough sense of humor and hopefully give you some way to think about how you can help the world too. Yeah. Does that synopsize 17 years of being on the radio? I think so. Enough sense of humor and local happenings and such to give you something other than the gloom and doom. There you go. History reveals... Greenland ice might melt much faster than believed. Scientists found that Greenland rocks now buried under 10,000 feet of ice were ice-free for long stretches during the past 1.4 million years, leading them to predict that the Iceland ice sheet could melt more suddenly than previously believed. That could raise global sea level far beyond current projections over the next few centuries, including the recent estimates from the interplanetary, no, interplanetary, interplanetary, (laughs) intergovernmental panel on climate change, the IPCC. We haven't been invited to any interplanetary ones yet. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, they don't want us. (laughs) According to a new study published uh, last Wednesday, sometimes we're on top of things like current news, last Wednesday in the journal Nature. The research challenges the prevailing idea that the ice sheet remained relatively intact during the recent geological past, showing even the thickest ice had vanished during warm periods between ice ages. So, kind of scary, because the majority of people live within you know, a few feet of the ocean. Yeah, so a few feet of ocean uh, sea level rise can make a big difference. So suddenly having this as something that's probably going to melt, that's a big deal. 
Quote, over the last 15 years, it looked like we wouldn't have to worry too much about the Greenland ice sheet melting too fast. Columbia University paleoclimatologist George Horge, what do you say, Jorge? No, that's not, I'm going Spanish. <laughs> I can pronounce his last name, Sheffer. Yeah. Sheffer said, most of the climate modules treated it as a solid ice cube sitting on bedrock with climate warming and melts off the top but takes a long time compared to other ice sheets like west antarctica it looked pretty strong and resilient to warming end quote now new direct samples of the bedrock pierce that belief quote there might be the most precious rocks since the moon rocks he said we got the huge privilege of working with these rocks and cutting-edge isotopic tools, and the surface of Greenland gave us a very clear answer. Unfortunately, the answer it was ice-free during a important period, end quote. If the ice sheet had persisted across most of Greenland during those warm periods, there was hope that it would stay intact, or mostly intact, despite Earth's thickening blanket of greenhouse gases. The new study suggests that because it is mostly it mostly melted in the past, there is little doubt that the planet's warming trajectory will melt the Greenland ice sheet in the centuries ahead. Quote, we lost the Greenland ice sheet during periods of natural forcing. We lost it several times, so it's not unreasonable to believe we'll keep that ice it's not reasonable to believe that we'll keep that ice sheet in the future with human-caused global warming. He said, the paper doesn't project a specific timeline for melting, but the findings could have an effect in the coming century. Yeah. So luckily we here in the Midwest live inland, so we don't worry about, wait a second. Yeah. We might not worry about it, but. It'll affect us though. Once if all those. 80% of p people in the world live, you know, near water. Yeah. Well, it'll be like in my uh, novel, Goodbye Miami. We'll have people from Miami coming to visit us and stay as refugees because Miami will be... Then they're invading. not visiting. They're yeah. invading. <laughs> they're invading, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it'll, we're all connected. So if all of the coasts of the world flood, I imagine in southern Illinois we'll feel it eventually. And hey, if the whole Greenland ice sheet melts, maybe we'll have the, the Gulf of Mexico come right up to southern Illinois. Oh, yes. Oceanfront property <laughs> Ocean right front here property, in southern yeah. Illinois. It's like, sounds like a thing we should plan for. We should spew more chemicals out. <laughs> just like, <laughs> well, just to make my property valuable. Yeah. It, it's sort of a Lex Luthor villain scheme, <laughs> if <laughs> like, you think of it that way. <laughs> um, I don't see how that possibly could work, but yeah. okay. I think probably the negatives will outweigh the positives. You'll have that beachfront property and the whole world to be ruined. So let's see. In other news, uh, the Standing Rock Sioux will be ready to take a Trump challenge to courts. I, I want to point out that they don't call themselves Sioux. Mm. They call themselves Lakota or Dakota. Sioux is French and it means enemy. Mm. So really only the white people call them Sioux because yeah. it means enemy. <laughs> Why would you call yourself enemy? Yeah. You know, so they call themselves Lakota. Lakota. You know, so yeah. anyway, that's. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, well, we should mention first, I mean, this article sort of takes for granted the news that the easement under the water was not granted. Um, they, the company was trying to do an easement under the water to complete the Dakota Access Pipeline, and the Obama administration 
uh, their surprise decision to block a portion of the Dakota Access Pipeline. So it's currently blocked. Um, the The company's still on the site, and the police are still on the site, but... They're uh, still working. They're still working, you know. <laughs> Even though they've been told not to. Yeah. But. but now, if they're actually going under the river, it's illegal. So... Company reps seem confident that they need only wait for President-elect Trump to keep building, but the lawyer who represents the Standing Rock Sioux, or the Standing Rock Lakota, uh, <laughs> says it won't be so easy to overcome the legal hurdles. Quote, if an agency decides that a full environmental review is necessary, it can't just change its mind with a stroke of a pen a few weeks later, Earth Justice Attorney Jan Hasselman told Grist. That would be a violation of the law, and it's the kind of thing that a court would be called upon to review. Doesn't mean they're not going to try. I mean, that makes sense because you can't just because there's an election, it would destabilize everything mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, we made this rule and then now we undo it immediately. Like, there's going to be some stuff like that, but uh, this apparently is not in that case. So Trump could force the pipeline through along the dispute route at Lake Oahe. He technically could ignore the Corps' decision to fulfill a public environmental impact statement with his newfound executive powers, but that might not be wise. Quote, he could in the sense that you could rob a bank, but you'd get in trouble. <laughs> so, like, he has the legal, well, he has the authority to give the order, but then he's going to get sued for uh, violating the law in doing so. So Standing Rock would be prepared to take the matter to courts again, their lawyer told Grist. Circumventing the environmental assessment now that the agency has determined it's the right course of action shouldn't pass muster under legal standards, he added. For example, the Ninth Circuit has ruled that federal agencies can't just flip on a dime uh, on settled rulemaking that is based on facts because a new administration has taken over. And that makes sense. You know, if you've determined that the facts dictate this course of action, that it doesn't matter who just got elected. The facts haven't changed, you know. I mean, unless it goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court changes it. Yeah, the Supreme Court could decide you don't have to, that you are allowed to make these decisions politically based on who got elected. <laughs> so it is possible, and of course the company itself is, has declared that they're going to keep fighting to make this happen. They've even said specifically they're going to keep fighting to make it happen in the current location. Like the government is saying they want to do an environmental impact statement to possibly do another route. Well, I mean, they previously were going to run it near the town of Bismarck. Yeah. And the town's... Bismarck you know, didn't want it. <laughs> you know... So they said, so let's send like, it to the indigenous. Yeah, let's just you know? send it through the poorest people. Yeah. I mean, you I had read in the past that the 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 reservation there has a unemployment rate of 76%. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the case, but... Um, it, and there's, there's turned out to be a sort of irony to their strategy in this case, because they often do this with the thinking, oh, you know, it's just a reservation, it's just the indigenous, no one will notice, no one will... Or it's the poor people, <laughs> they don't have the resources to fight it. Yeah, but now they've... You know they've they've uh, triggered this whole response and resistance. Well, all the people downstream from it are kind of worried about you know it leaking. Yeah. You know, so I mean, people understand. Yeah, it's a confluence of you know people who care about indigenous rights, people who are worried downstream, people who care about the climate. A comic book cure for climate change? (laughs) Comic books have a long history of addressing real-world problems. On day one, Captain America punched Adolf Hitler square on the jaw. 
The star-spangled superhero was dressed like the Grand Marshal of a particularly flamboyant Fourth of July parade, Nazi bullets bouncing off his American flag shield. This was the first issue of Captain America Comics, published in March 1st, 1941. Before the war's end, Batman, Superman, Daredevil, and the Green Hornet will all go head to to toe with Adolf Hitler. Superheroes give Americas a way to grapple with threats beyond their control. While newspapers reported a hard-fought battle with long lists of casualties, comics told a different story, one where a lantern jawed super soldier could take on down Nazi Germany with a well-placed right hook. In the decades since, superheroes have modeled courage and audacity in the face of overwhelming odds. They have provided a coping mechanism for people facing threats from the march of fascism to the specter of nuclear annihilation. Today, they are looking to a new peril. Before I read any more of this, I happened to read this morning... Finally, something from your kind of superhero climate novel. Oh yeah, that you wrote back, I think, in May or March. So I wanted to know how that novel's coming along because people need this. Oh yeah, yeah. The novel, actually, the next climate novel I'm working on, I've pretty much completed the next chapter on. So that should be going out sometime in the next week or so. Uh, but yeah, it's fiction helps people explore ideas and like explore their own relationship to big issues. I may have to take a little baby wrangling break. Quote, I think the world apocalypse stories are shifting from the nuclear framework to the climate change framework, said Anthony Law, a professor of liberal arts at Juilliard and author of Nerd Ecology, Defending the Earth with Unpopular Culture. We're going to see more comics grappling explicitly and not just implicitly with climate change, end quote. From Dr. Faint to the Green Lantern, superheroes are tackling the carbon crisis. But climate change is a particular challenge for Cape Crusader, one like nuclear power, fascism, or urban decay. How do you portray a problem so enormous, slow-moving, and diffuse? If you would like to receive a link to the full article, including discussion of the three steps, which is Devise a villain, create a hero, acknowledge the limitations of the genre. Yeah, and the full article is great because it does extor- explore those, and it also has examples. Like, I didn't know. I have to look into to see what the Green Lantern has done related to uh, the uh, climate crisis. And there are all these. That book, too, about nerds and ecology is a really good one, too. Uh, so I've got a whole new set of things to read related to climate and fiction. <laughs> but I do like the way that they talk about There's a video that shows, too, but... They talk about how we use fiction to explore a big crisis that faces us because oftentimes it becomes really big and complex and depressing if we just get overwhelmed by it. But if we look at like narratives of how we can uh, work on it, then that gives us a role in the story. If it's all a story of, oh, the glaciers are melting and things are burning, where is our place in that story? Fiction can help us find that. And that's needed. So Now in... Taking over the world news. Google will achieve 100% renewable energy in 2017. And then, of course, they'll expand and have to start over. Yeah. (laughs) Because they are taking over the world. A lot of leading companies have committed to getting all of their energy from renewable sources. 
Google has dispensed with this aspirational phase and will actually achieve this milestone in 2017, the company revealed Tuesday. Quote, Over the calendar year globally, for every unit of energy we consume, we're purchasing the equivalent amount or more of renewable energy in 2017, said Neha Palmer, head of energy strategy at Global's Global Infrastructure Division. The search engine and web services provider has long been a leader in corporate renewables, using its clout and purchasing power to open up new avenues for procuring clean energy. The future of federal renewables policy remains hazy since the election of Donald Trump, meaning corporate leadership could play an even greater role in the adoption of wind and solar power in the next few years. The announcement means that all of Google's data centers, offices, and operations will be powered by clean energy. Not all of that clean energy is available in the vicinity of the facilities, so in most of those cases, the company buys the equivalent power and retires the associated renewable energy credits. It's hard to say this milestone has been reached ahead of schedule because the goal was not pegged to a specific date. With that said, Google's announcement comes ahead of most of the 83 companies in the RE100 group that have announced the 100% renewable energy goal. Elsewhere in Silicon Valley, Apple got to 93% in 2015, but uh, evidentially hasn't closed the gap. Adobe is aiming for 2035. Facebook has targeted half of its data center energy use by 2018 with full-wide renewables, quote, eventually. Of the big tech companies, Microsoft took the green medal, meeting its carbon-neutral commitment back in 2014. Yeah. Maybe Microsoft is small enough nowadays that they can do it. No, it just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I always like hearing green tech news because you know I use computers a lot, and so I'm very aware of the the climate impacts of them. And to hear about Google and others starting to shift away from fossil fuels is good. Um, it was interesting too that in a in a couple of places they had to help their utility create clean energy options because they didn't have access to them. And so they actually did one or two projects to uh, do clean energy in their region that weren't existing otherwise. Well, that's a big part of it is when companies push for it, it happens. Yeah. I mean, locally, the owners of all the co-ops, you know, because electrical co-op, everybody who's a member of that co-op owns part of it. And so co-ops ended up going pro-renewables because their customers slash owners you know, ask for it. Yeah. And so the same thing's happening with businesses. The stockholders are asking for it. They're saying, if you want to be a viable company, you have to put renewable energy because the price of electricity is becoming very volatile. Yeah. So and I think there are a lot of people who want it now. It's, you know, they want to be sure it's, a lot of them want to be sure it's cost effective for them and all that, but there seems to be a broad demand for clean energy now. A bipartisan, multipartisan issue. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the bottom line. It's money. And so I don't think it's it's not a blue or red thing. It's a green thing. <laughs> hey, I just made that up. So <laughs> yeah. it's not a political thing. It's a money thing. <laughs> yeah. like, um, Saturday happens to be Human Rights Day. And coming up is International Children's Day. 
and National Noodle Ring Day, <laughs> National Dingaling Day, Poinsettia Day, Ice Cream Day. Oh, Ice Cream Day. That's an exciting one. I like that it's in winter. People always <laughs> laugh at me. Yeah. If they see me walking out of a gas station or a store eating an ice cream bar mm. when it's winter. Yeah. They're like, why? I was like, you can savor it a lot longer. Oh, it yeah. actually it lasts. lasts. <laughs> you're going to eat it really slow so you don't get that brain freeze thing. Yeah. And you're already and, a little cold anyway. And I have never gotten brain freeze eating ice cream in the winter. Yeah. In the summer, you get excited and you eat it quickly and you get brain freeze. Yeah. So I don't I honestly ever remember getting brain freeze eating ice cream. Yeah. It's similar to me and hot chocolate in the summer. I have people who will think it's funny, like, oh, why are you drinking hot chocolate in the summer? Well, you're drinking coffee, aren't you? Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> coffee is hot, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's just kind of arbitrary. Any time is the right time for chocolate, in my opinion. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, very true. So uh, Thursday is also a Bill of Rights Day, so hopefully that will be a day to remember the Bill of Rights still existing and not a day to memorialize its passing from the world. <laughs> hopefully we still have a Bill of Rights is what I'm saying. <laughs> International Monkey Day, Roast Chestnuts Day, December is Write a Friend Month. Do people still write each other? Sometimes. Some people. Um, if anybody even in this town wants to be pen pals with me, I will do it. I seriously miss letters. I did sign up for um, a postcard program called Post Crossing. For every postcard you send out to a random address that they assign to you, you will receive a postcard from a random person. So Yeah. I just talked to a friend on the phone who moved away, and maybe I should start a, a pen pal thing with, you know, it's not, it's different if you're starting with someone you actually know, but, you know, letter writing to people you know is fun, and I haven't done it in a long time. Well, this is not, this is letter writing month, so. Yeah, this is the month to Even do if it. you don't do the tradition that some people do where you send out, you know, the holiday letter. Yeah. You could just send out a letter, period. Or you could just write one and send it out to a bunch of people. Yeah, <laughs> but not any of those chain letters, you know. <laughs> it's like, um, I mentioned last night that there was a fundraiser for Standing Rock. There's also a rummage sale at the Gaia House. Southern Illinois Stands with Standing Rock is currently holding a donation drive. Anyone can donate supplies to the resistance camps, may drop their goods off during open hours of the Gaia House, and the Center for Subsistence Research the resistance camps are in the midst of winter. Yeah. I heard they just got hit by a blizzard. Yeah, I've seen the videos. It's, it's crazy out there. I've never been through a, a North Dakota winter, but I've been through Chicago winters, and I know it's worse than Chicago winters. Furthermore, the group is holding a rummage sale Saturday, December 10th from 7 a.m. till noon at 1009 South Glenview Drive in Carbondale. Rather than pricing items individually, they invite people to take what they need and donate what they want. A bake sale will have cookies available too. All proceeds from this fundraiser will go to support Standing Rock. If you have items you wish to donate to the rummage sale, please bring them directly to the sale. If that is not an option for you, you can drop them off at Guy House during public building hours. For more information, visit Facebook. So... 
let's see, S O I L soil, or it really stands for Southern Illinois, but mm-hmm. soil stands with standing rock. I love that we're soil. We're like the soil that things get planted in. Yeah. Southern Illinois. Off and on, I've been trying to promote that abbreviation for Southern Illinois. Soil, you know. Yeah. Get back to your roots in the, the soil. The soil community. Speaking of things that's grown, the community farmer's market has moved indoors. The winter indoor community farmer's market at the Carbondale Community High School brings together the community Saturday, 9 till noon. It is your destination for fresh local produce and goods every Saturday, December through March. There won't be a market on December 24th or 31st, because in case you didn't know, those are like days that people don't really go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're holidays. Yeah, so. And the farmers need some time off. Also on the calendar, Invasives Pull. Saturday, December 10th at 1230 p.m. at Giant City State Park. Want to help preserve the beautiful native plants in our local Illinois nature preserve? Come to the Giant City State Park's Fern Rocks Nature Preserve Invasive Pull Meet at the Giant City State Park Visitor Center at noon 30. For a short instruction, then they will carpool to the nature preserve, bring work gloves and water, wear sturdy shoes, and of course, wear clothes for the weather. Yeah, and uh, Saturday's a busy day at Guy House for these next three events. Um, Going to take another baby break. <laughs> but he is really excited about everything going on this weekend. The Labyrinth Peace Park Restoration Group, Saturday at 1.30 at the Guy House Interface Center. New members are welcome. If you would like to help, this is a great opportunity to get involved. Have you been to the Labyrinth Peace Park? Go check it out. It is a labyrinth in the midst of the chaos of Carbondale. Very peaceful place underneath a Buckminster Fuller Dome. Also on Saturday at Guy House, the Anti-Fascist Coalition will meet at 3 o'clock. This meeting is open to everyone who is concerned about the increase in institutional violence, hate crimes, harassment, and other forms of systemic Violence and oppression that may be associated with the recent election. Yeah, and we had a good meeting last time. Uh, probably twenty twenty-five people, um, all people from the local area who are concerned about some of the things we've been hearing, and we did some brainstorming on ways to respond to it. You know, try to respond as positively as possible, but then also, if you see something negative going on, to know how to say something and things like bystander intervention and all that. What do they say? The opposite of no, I forgot. Oh, uh, I want to say the opposite of love is indifference. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. opposite so of love is indifference. It's it's not that you're hating somebody; it's you're not stepping up when someone is hating somebody. Yeah, and that's how so much harm comes in the world is when no one steps up. Another good one is action is the antidote to despair. A lot of people are feeling sad right now about things that are happening or might be happening, and. Finding ways to take action on that is kind of excellent. Also at Guy House, Chris Mahana Kwanzaadan. Um, luckily, they've been doing this for a few years, so I've figured out how to pronounce the word. 
Krispahana Kwanzadan is the annual interface celebration of all winter holidays. There will be dinner, live music, a silent art auction, holiday games, and more. This annual event has several important goals. Bring together students and community members of diverse faiths and beliefs. Give people an opportunity to mingle with fellow Guy House supporters. And most of all, have fun celebrating the holidays. For more information, including advanced tickets, silent auction items, underwriting, and volunteering, contact Guy House at ourguyhouse.org or 549-7387. Yeah, and I'm excited, looking forward to another Christmas on And since there is a dinner component this year, we're trying to encourage people to contact us by the end of the day today so that we'll know kind of an estimate of the headcount tomorrow. You'll still be able to come at the door, too, if you want to, but... Uh, yeah, it gives us a better estimate for the dinner. Between Two Rivers and Taking Pinhook, Sunday at 2 p.m. at Arts Space 304. The Big Muddy F- Festival, in association with Carbondale Community Arts, is presenting a screening of films based on the theme of water from the archives of the Big Muddy Film Festival. This event is part of the Carbonell Community Arts Confluence Events on Arts and Water and will be held this Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. at 304 Walnut Street. The two documentary films screened from the Big Muddy Film Festival are Between Two Rivers and Taking Pinhook. A couple other happenings on Sunday are the New Humanist Forum, Sunday at noon 15 at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Breakthrough discoveries in the medical, scientific, and technological fields are explained in an entertaining style. Scientific advances that might change our lives. Science. And the big event is the 12th annual Southern Illinois Alternative Gift Fair. Sunday, noon I said noon, 2 to 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. This is a fun event because there's music, there's food, and what it is is like 25 nonprofit organizations sell you things, and so you get to go there, give money to a nonprofit by buying something to then give to your friend. Yeah. And if either of these things make you happy, giving to nonprofits who need it or giving presents to friends, it ends up being a three-way present. Yeah. There's at least three forms of joy going on there. Right. <laughs> and if you like giving to nonprofits, that's one. And if you like giving to friends, that's two. Mm-hmm. It ends up being four ways of fun. Yeah. As much fun as you can pack into a Sunday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good time. I've, I've gone probably... A lot of the years, not all of them, but it's always a good time to see all the nonprofits out there and good time to find gifts for your friends and loved ones. Um, the last happening we want is Free Cycle on Tuesday, where unwanted stuff finds a new home. Bring it by Guy House Tuesday, December 13th through Thursday, December 15th. And then come by Guy House to see what has come in and help yourself. So, get rid of stuff and get stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Mark your calendar for next Friday for a few things. 
but we don't have time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you more next week. If you want to receive our newsletter, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Thank you for listening all these years. And I don't know, stay warm. Stay warm out there. It's cold. Luckily, it's sunny. So we'll see you again on the radio next week.